0: This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. All right, we don't got a lot of time. I had the wrong microphone. There we go. Great start, Wicket. Pr- true professional. All right, three, two, one. We don't got a lot of time because we have early Chicago Cubs baseball. Kira, this is the first time, I think, since opening day has uh the baseball has been going on on a friday where the cubs are playing a day game and i'm on the air with you and we don't have a rain delay
1: <laughs> it's it's a summer miracle it is still spring spring miracle still, still spring
0: <laughs> uh so 12:40 for the pregame uh for the cubs and the snakes that went on chicago's north side and then a 121st pitch 12:45 pregame excuse me 121st pitch chicago and arizona Hello, if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page or on my Facebook page, glad to have you. We will get to the coolest golf story maybe ever coming up before I get out of here. It has nothing to do with the PGA Championship that is going on right now. Also, Saban versus Jimbo is fantastic. I absolutely love what's going on. But first... Z'Darrius Smith making some news. Uh, if you are a fan of the Green Bay Packers or the Minnesota Vikings or even the Baltimore Ravens, and hell, if you're a fan of the Chicago Bears, you're going to see this guy twice a year now as the outside linebacker who had agreed to a deal with Baltimore, backed out of the green, uh, the deal with Baltimore after getting released by the Green Bay Packers for a cap-cutting measure has signed on with the Minnesota Vikings to try to wreak some havoc on the Packers and the lions and the bears and help Minnesota who has a good team, got a new head coach in Kevin O'Connell. And that's now an offensive coach in there with all those weapons. I think we've talked a lot about Minnesota and their offense in the past, but now you add Z'Darrius Smith, one of the best pass rushers in the national football league to that team. And all of a sudden I, I would not be surprised. I mean, even though I'm incredibly biased as a Packer fan, I would not be surprised at all if Minnesota is a really good team this year. And I'm, you know, they're an eight and nine team perennially. You don't expect a lot out of Kirk Cousins, expect, you know, good numbers, but not a lot of wins. But you get a new coach, some new blood. I think by the time we get to Halloween, Minnesota could be a real good football team. And they add a guy like Zadarius Smith who still has a ton in the tank if he is healthy. Remember, he only played the first and last games of the year last year for Green Bay, and then he got hurt in between, and he got this mega deal. So he was on the Rich Eisen show, and this is he said some real interesting stuff about Green Bay that I definitely want to get to and want you to hear here on ESPN Des Moines. So the first thing, and I... I wondered about this too. I didn't do a lot of digging on this, but when I saw everybody knew he was going to be cut by the Packers, his cap number was going to be like $27 million. And that's too much for an outside pass rusher, especially a guy who's coming off the injury season. Like he had, and he came to green Bay a couple of years ago from Baltimore. And when the news came down that he was going to sign again with the Ravens, it was like, yeah, that makes some sense. You know, that that sounds about right. But he was asked by Rich Eisen, what what didn't work out with the Ravens?
2: Uh, Some of the things didn't work out. Um, I know we were negotiating, but uh, things didn't go the way we wanted it to, man. I know uh, I want to thank them for just giving me that opportunity, you know, coming out of college and drafting me. And it would have been good to go back there, but, you know, everything didn't work out. But I, I ended up where I needed to be. How about that?
0: I'm going to tell you right now, when a player says things didn't work out it means the player didn't get the dollars the player wanted. It meant somebody else came in and swooped in with a better offer. As it turns out, Baltimore offered four years at $35 million. Minnesota came in and said, well, how about three at forty-two, and with incentives up to $47 million. That's what the it didn't work out actually meant in the case of Zadarius Smith. And so he goes and signs on. With the Minnesota Vikings, you've seen the schedule. You know who Minnesota plays week one if you're a Vikings fan. You know who the Packers play week one if you're a Packers fan. It's in Minnesota. It's Green Bay and the Vikings. And I love – and Z seems like a good dude. Like, things you're going to hear about the breakup with Green Bay, and it seemed like it went over just fine. But here's listen to his answer when Rich Eisen asks him about, you know, what's week one going to be like?
2: Man, it's going to be a party. I can tell you that much. It's going to be a big show. It's going to be a very big show, man. Uh, Being able to go back there. um, As I once said, man, the things didn't work out in Baltimore for the Baltimore situation, and things didn't work out for Green Bay. Um, I wanted to be in Green Bay. There were some things that uh, upstairs didn't go right, but I want to appreciate them, man, for uh, just giving me an opportunity as well to really showcase. You know, I had to come in and basically uh, lead and, and be the guy who I was there uh, because they had a guy like Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews uh, was a big-name guy, and when they found out they was letting him go and I was coming in, they was like, who is this guy, you know? So um, I think I did what I was supposed to um, throughout my three years there.
0: And again, this is Darius Smith. He's on the Rich Eisen show. Thanks to Rich for the audio here. I wanted to be in Green Bay and things didn't work out upstairs, which means he couldn't figure out the two sides between Z and his agent and then the Packers. They couldn't figure out a way to further kick their salary cap can down the road because they had to get under to sign Aaron Rodgers to the extension and they had to get under to sign Devontae Adams to a one year deal. To franchise them so they could trade them away to, to the Raiders to get the picks they got in in return. So it as a Packers fan, I I didn't want to see Zaydearius Smith go, but I didn't want to see Zaydearius Smith off the injury season at twenty seven million dollars. So it, it just kind of it's just like Devontae. Like I wanted Devonte back in Green Bay. I think Packers fans wanted Devontae in Green Bay, but he didn't want to be there. And things just sometimes don't work out. Some fans of when when players leave. They're very critical of their general manager or, or management or ownership. That guy's cheap. He doesn't care about winning. The only All they care about is getting people to spend money. I think in this case, the reality was Green Bay financially couldn't meet the needs that Rashawn Gary, or sorry, that uh, Z'Darrius Smith had. They've got Rashawn Gary sitting there waiting in the wings to take over. And they said, let's just do this. They still wound up spending a bunch of money because of a dead cap, but he, he leaves, he finds where what he wants, he gets the big deal, three years, forty two million with the Minnesota Vikings. And of course, you can't touch number twelve in practice, but Zarius Smith was asked about how excited he is to hit Aaron Rodgers.
2: Man, I can't wait to get a chance to face them the first game and and see that look on Aaron Rodgers' face when he sees me on the other side of the ball. <laughs>
0: What's the face going to look like?
2: I have no idea, but I, I hopefully all the fans can picture it. If so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the pleasantries, will you say something, Aaron, If you see, when you when you meet him? You can say something? Uh,
2: more than likely, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be, a, hey, it's good to see you again, but now it's not at practice, you know?
0: <laughs> right. Well, I guess you couldn't touch him in practice.
2: You're right. That's what I'm saying. That's basically what I'm saying. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> Well, he you can't hit Kirk Cousins now. Like you, you're not, you're not allowed to touch the quarterback in practice. That's not a real revelation. Oh, Z wasn't allowed to hit Aaron, but now, it, now he will be able to hit Aaron Rodgers. And, and again, going back to something else here, more from Zedaria Smith again on the Rich Eisen show. Now with the Minnesota Vikings, they play the Packers in Week One. Sometimes things just don't work out
2: my contract situation something that they wanted to do and i didn't feel comfortable doing it and uh my coaches like i said my coaches had left so uh they was like okay we're just gonna uh, release you you know you're not gonna hold you anywhere that you don't want to be anymore i mean i wanted to be there but it just didn't work out man those people upstairs in a good way put me in a situation man to show my talent and become one of the Best outside linebackers, pass rushers in this league. So, um, yeah, didn't nothing go bad. It was just situations that happened. And uh, like I said, once again, I just want to thank them. But I can't wait to see them uh, for the first game.
0: I appreciate that. I I appreciate just the honesty. Look, it it doesn't work out. And that happens in every occupation in this world. If you just don't want to be there... The two sides, you you and the manager don't get along, you and management don't get along, whatever. It, it it definitely happens. And, of course, the drama surrounding Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter if you're an offensive lineman. It doesn't matter if you're uh, a, a, pass rush, a pass rush edge specialist like Zadarius Smith. Eisen asked him what concerned him during all the Rodgers saga stuff.
2: Having a quarterback, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's the scary part of knowing when you got a defense as good as we were um, and knowing that we possibly wasn't gonna have a quarterback coming back, that was that was kind of scary. Um, but for me, you know, I wasn't able to perform because I had the small injury and I went through this year. So, right, man, it was it was a scary moment for the whole team. But you know, he did what he was supposed to. He came back and uh, made it right, and everything was corrected. So, you know, I'm wishing them luck, and I'm just happy he's still there here because I get to play him twice a year now. <laughs>
0: I love that. I, I do. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot of question: Is this going to be one of those revenge games? Well, Zadarius Smith said, look, this is not exactly a revenge game for me.
2: No revenge. It's going to be more of a just excitement game. You know, like I said, I've been there for a while. And just being able not to be able to really go hard and tackle the running back there, Aaron Jones, or Dylan, um, or be able to hit Aaron Rodgers, you know, to sack him. I couldn't ever do that. So, Just to get that opportunity now to do that and at the end of the day, laugh at it because it's all going to be a game. It's all fun at the end of the day. So it's just going to be happy and excitement, man, to get them in our territory now to play them.
0: Good luck hitting A.J. Dillon, by the way. That dude is a monster, he is a beast. Uh, And one more from Z'Darrius Smith. If You're just joining us here on ESPN Des Moines. Z'Darrius Smith was on the Rich Eisen show, the former Packer and Raven, who's now with the Minnesota Vikings said, look, it's time for me to come in here because we need to win the NFC North.
2: I actually know what it, what it takes to, uh, you know, be number one in in our conference. And when I say that, uh, meaning now that I'm here, I know what I can take with me and help this team build to become basically the Kings of the North. So, um, we're just gonna take it one day at a time. Like I said, we're just now getting started. It's OTAs, but when it really get down to crunch time during training camp, man, we're we're gonna build to be basically not the penthouse, but the mansion of the of the North. How about that?
0: <laughs> the mansion of the North. That's what Vikings fans are expecting under this new head coach, this revamped roster, uh, and another year from Kirk Cousins. And and, and I've never spoken to Zaydearius Smith. I don't know Zaydearius Smith just as a Packers fan. Uh, I enjoyed watching Zadarius Smith, but the time was, was right to move on. And he has the right attitude. You know, the next opportunity is the best opportunity and props to him, by the way, because he, you know, four years, 35 million. What is that, Kara? Fourth, four years, 35 million. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> eight and a half million dollars. It's eight and a half million a year. Cool. <laughs> versus three years at 42 million. He's making $14 million a year, 14 and a half. So that's a smart business move, by Zadarius Smith, a guy who before last year had 25 sacks in two seasons. Like, this is a guy who has a ton of talent, is a fantastic pass rusher. Minnesota fans, as soon as this guy, as long as he stays healthy, Viking fans are going to love him because I know Viking fans hated him when he was playing in Green Bay. And, and I think Bears fans are going to continue to hate him as he pursues Justin Fields and Jared Goff in Detroit and Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers I, I think this was a really good signing if he's healthy. And that's the thing that should scare, you know, anybody. When you sign someone coming off the injury like, like he had last year, it was a, allegedly a back injury. And there were rumors that it was a disgruntled thing, that Zadarius Smith was not happy about his contract and wasn't going to come back. But he came back for the playoff game. Didn't do a whole hell of a lot, but he came back for the playoff game. So there's Zadarius Smith again, thanks to the Rich Eisen Show for it. Coming up, the best rivalry in college football. Now, I know what you're thinking. Around here in Des Moines, it's Iowa-Iowa State, the Cyhawk game. Or traditionally, is it Army-Navy? Or is it uh, Michigan-Ohio State? USC-Notre Dame? All these great football rivalries. No, I think the new great rivalry has nothing to do with teams. It has to do with two coaches. And you're going to hear from both of these guys slapping each other (laughs) next Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines it's wicket's world. My name is Mike Wicket. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket. Follow us at ESPN DSM. You can like us on Facebook. We are streaming the show live on Facebook right now. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and Des uh, espndesmoines.com. By the way, we do have Chicago Cubs baseball coming your way. Baby Bears and Snakes 12:45 for the pregame with Zach Zaidman and then Pat and Ron will have the uh, play-by-play from Wrigley Field coming up at 1.20 right here on ESPN Des Moines. And then you can catch all the games, weather permitting. I have no idea what Chicago weather is going to be like all weekend, but we'll have Saturday's game and Sunday's game for you as well here on ESPN Des Moines. So usually, and we've talked about who runs or what sports are at the top of everyone's priority list throughout the year. The NFL has moved in and has just taken over everything. And I think you can argue the second most popular sport in America is college football. I think you can make that argument. The amount of money that gets bet on college football, how much time we spend in the fall talking about college football and going to games and ESPN's, you know, game day and big noon Saturday or whatever with soon-to-be Urban Meyer again for whatever reason. But college football, after spring practice, which just got done, kind of disappears for a little bit. We're going get the NBA playoffs. If you're a hockey fan, the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on right now. Are we going to have a hockey minute, Kira? If you want one. I Do I want a hockey minute? <laughs> Before we're done at 1245, you have to have a hockey minute. Okay. And we have a hard out to get to Cubs baseball. Oh, I know. All right.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. They're ready. <laughs> I, I looked right. at stats. Oh I my. stared at numbers wow. for this. I wrote stuff down. Look
0: at your prepped. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so college football takes a back seat. until this year. You have the biggest program in the country in Alabama led by head coach Nick Saban. And then you have Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher is the head coach at A&M, as you know. And he had success at Florida State, won a national championship. It's tough to take over for Bobby Bowden. Like, that is ridiculous. Goes to A&M, gets paid a boatload. He's in the SEC and AM has for the most part been a second, third tier squad, right? You know, you've got LSU won the title a couple of years ago. Bama's always there. Georgia won the title this year. There's there, the tiers in the SEC, are that big the, the top tier is usually Alabama and Georgia. Well, Alabama Gap, Georgia, LSU, and then Gap. Florida hasn't been who Florida's supposed to be in a while. So that that's kind of where AM falls. You know, they're always you're like, man, Texas A&M's playing Alabama. This is number 15 versus number one. And then Bama blows them out by 40. But now what we have is we have the two head coaches in May going at it. So a couple of days ago, if you have not heard it, with all the NIL stuff and the name image likeness stuff, and schools can't specifically, let me say this again, schools cannot specifically hand out money to a high school player and say, boom, we're going to give you $100,000 to come play at Alabama. You cannot do that. Kirk Ferentz can't write checks. Here's twenty grand. come play at Iowa. But what they can do, clients, advertisers, companies, boosters, can give kids money to come sign autographs, endorse whatever locally, and make that kind of money. Like we talked about B. John Robinson, who got the endorsement with Austin Lamborghini a couple of weeks ago, which is incredible, just incredible. And so with NIL, it's, it's already been a top-heavy sport, right? Like you, you, you realize going into every college football season, when we, we talk about the college football playoff, it's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and then you fill in the fourth team. I know this year we had Michigan get in, we had Cincinnati actually get in, but you the way that college football has been for the last 20 years, it's been like five teams. It's been Alabama, it's been Clemson, It's been Ohio State. Kind of the end of the list until Georgia finally won a national championship. That's um, just kind Oklahoma's kind of been around, but there never really been a real threat to the SEC. Just the way that college football is structured right now. And so what is name image likeness going to do in the long run? as they're trying to figure out how to put some of the toothpaste back in the tube because it's getting out of control. Um, Because you had schools like Alabama who would just walk in and be like, hey, do you want to go to Alabama? And they get the top kids. Well, now other schools are able to say, you know, if you come to our school, if you come to Texas, every player on Texas gets a $50,000 like endorsement. The boosters have already taken care of that from a car dealership. Or is it every offensive lineman? Regardless, it's ridiculous. It's not what I grew up on. Times change. You just have to adapt with them. So all of a sudden, Alabama doesn't get the number one recruiting class in the country. Texas A&M does. So when head coach Nick Saban is speaking to Alabama fans and boosters, here's what he had to say.
2: You've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. AM and m was first. A&M bought every player on their team. Made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it.
0: Shots fired. Alabama head coach Nick Saban claiming that Texas A&M bought every player in their recruiting class. So if you are a really good recruiter but you don't have the, the, the backing of a school like Texas A&M's boosters – Not that Bama doesn't have rich boosters. Bama has plenty of rich boosters. But it seems like Texas A&M, if what he is saying is true, got all the recruits, different endorsements. Quarterbacks get better endorsements than tackles. That's just the way things go. Such is life. So this, this, this sent shockwaves through college football. Everybody talking about it. Now, before you hear Jimbo Fisher's response to this, there's nothing that Nick Saban is claiming that is illegal. This is within the rules because right now there are no rules. You can be a school that is recruiting a quarterback from Washington, D.C. And have, you know, he might have some sort of representation or he might be talking with someone who provides representation at the school. Brand new category of employment we never had before. And all of a sudden that kid's like, well, if I go to Alabama and get, uh, you know, my, my school paid for. But if I go to a I get a five hundred thousand dollar endorsement. What are you gonna do? Not illegal. Again, what he said about AM is not illegal. So here's uh let's do uh, Jimbo fires back, please. Here's Jimbo Fisher firing back. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that, a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past, or anybody's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. Woo! Jimbo Fisher. Now, recruiting has always been incredibly dirty. Everyone knows about dirty recruiting and nasty recruiting and negative recruiting. You don't want to go to that school because that coach does this. And then you have the other school is going to be like, like, kids have been getting paid for a while. If you don't think the kids at Iowa and Iowa State have been, haven't have been getting paid until all of a sudden NIL came around, you're nuts. Sorry, you're nuts. That's the case at Ohio State. That's the case at Wisconsin. That's the case at USC. Bags of cash go to players. $100 handshakes, $100 bills in your locker room. You saw blue chips. Wasn't that far off, I promise you. Blue chips, not that far off from the truth. So again, I go back to what Saban said. Not illegal right now to pay kids or get boosters to pay kids or endorsements to pay kids to go to your school. Jimbo, I, I love Jimbo's comment though. Go they we treat him as a czar. We treat him as a god. But he's got skeletons in his closet. Heck yeah, he does. Every the SEC is completely dirty. Alabama, LSU, Mizzou. All right, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, everybody's dirty in the SEC. Everybody's dirty in a lot of college uh, football programs, all right? That's the truth. And the, the ironic part of this is, as Jimbo Fisher brings up, is, wait a minute, what was Nick Saban actually doing in front of all of these Alabama boosters? And what's funny, in that talk, right before he said that about us, wasn't he soliciting funds from the crowd? It's amazing, wasn't it? From- well, when you walk on water, I guess it don't matter. <laughs> He was getting money from boosters for the program. And where do you think that money goes? Funnels right back to the kids. And I love the fact that all of a sudden now we have college football to talk about. That isn't just, well, what did you think of the spring depth chart? How about that three deep safety battle going on for filling your favorite school? No, we have app ab- Now we have one side versus the other side and a bitter building rivalry a not a big boy player in the SEC. They're not Georgia. They're not Florida. They're not LSU. They're certainly not Alabama. They're a, a little guy. All right? They always have been a little guy. So for, for, for Jimbo Fisher to jump into the ring with Nick Saban, I say bring it on, man. I absolutely love it.
1: Uh, my favorite part about that clip was when he did the Southern, like, well, you know, <laughs> the real loud, like, well, <laughs>
0: can, can you please plug that in inside there? My computer is going to die. <laughs> Did not prep very well for this. Thank you very much. So I go back, though, to all of this is being talked about like it's an, a horribly illegal thing that's been going on. I don't like Nick Saban, but I'm going to defend Nick Saban because what he said was not wrong. It was not illegal. It was not, uh, you just pull that whole thing off. (laughs) There you go. That's fine. It was not wrong. Jimbo Fisher's boosters, they might be paying all these players, but I guarantee you, there are Alabama boosters that are doing the exact same thing. There are Michigan State boosters doing the exact same thing. There are, you know, Illinois, Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State. That's the problem is with, with all of this. If you want to buy the best recruiting class in the country, you now can. If you have the funding for it, you can now buy the best recruiting class in the country. And the bigger the fan base, the more boosters, the more money that you have. And that's the and that's what stinks for, you know, we're here in Des Moines, Iowa City's a couple hours away, Ames is 45 minutes away. Iowa State has plenty of rich boosters and so does Iowa. So does Iowa. But they're not. I don't think the, the 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 pot is as big as Alabama. It's certainly not as big as Texas, much less Texas A&M. But it's certainly not as big as Texas or Notre Dame or Ohio State. When, unless they do something to change the formula of NIL, you are going to see the rich continue to get richer. You just you imagine after all this, Saban walks back. He goes back to his office in Tuscaloosa. He's making $10 million a year, whatever Saban's making. And he gets on the phone. He's like, all right, guys. We're usually recruiting class number one. This year, we're number two. Time to open up those checkbooks. Time to go into the funding. Time to go. Because now we got to start buying. Because now they may miss out on a couple of five-star kids or four-star kids that they might have just been able to, before, just say, here, you want to go to Alabama? Here, we got a spot for you. Now that kid might be. Looking over here to AM or looking over here to Tennessee. And don't get me started on the Jacksonville, the Jackson State kid, that one of the top players in the country that went to Jackson State allegedly because of the million-dollar deal he got. Good luck getting to the NFL out of an HBCU, man. If he does it, that's incredibly impressive. People are just going to be watching his film, his potential the competition he's going to be facing at Jackson State as opposed to going to Florida State where he originally intended to go is incredible. Deion Sanders flipped. That's the biggest flip in the history of college football recruiting to get a kid to go from Florida State to Jackson State money. But that's the world we live in right now. That is the college football world we live in. And that's why Nick Saban is probably sitting back like, all right, guys want to play with money? We didn't need a nickel and we finished second. They probably still spend a nickel. But we didn't spend as much as A&M. Now we're going to open up all kinds of dollars. And don't forget Bryce Young, their quarterback, who's a sophomore this year. He had a million dollars in endorsements before he ever took a single snap in Tuscaloosa. (laughs) Guess what? When when Saban starts turning up the fire, when Nick Saban starts cranking it up, get ready. Because even he said a couple of months ago, he's like, this is bad for everyone else. And he's right. It's bad if you're a fan of Michigan State. It's bad if you're a fan of Syracuse. Or if not that Syracuse has been much of a player in the last decade, but you know what I mean. The money, the boosters, everybody, you know, Alabama, Ohio State, everybody was always, already up here when it came to recruiting. Now we're going to put them up on steroids, on millions of dollars worth of steroids when it comes to recruiting. And we got Jimbo, and we got uh, Nick Saban, and that game, Between Alabama and A&M, it's October 8th. Get ready. Can't wait. Bama is already a two-touchdown favorite in that game. And if Bama's great again and A&M is, you know, good, don't be surprised if Alabama tries to break the scoreboard and run it up on Jimbo Fisher. I mean, SEC Media Day is coming up in two months. They're going to be great. The, the the drama is going to be fantastic, but that game, and I think it's in Tuscaloosa too. I, I, I'll have to check on that, but that game is going to be great because there's going to be so much spit and vinegar and anger going back and forth just from the silence. Will they even meet before the game to do that handshake? Who knows? I love it. All right, coming up, we will get out of here at uh, 1245 for Cubs baseball. Zach Zabin will have the pregame Pat and Ron will have uh, game one between the Cubs and the Arizona Diamondbacks. 120 for the first pitch. If I have time to get to, (laughs) you know, you want to talk about a lame duck, a lame duck broadcaster in this year's Super Bowl, I have to get to the best golf story of the entire year, maybe ever, and has nothing to do with today's PGA Championship and the much-anticipated Hockey Minute from Kira. That's all next. You're listening to Wicket's World on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Back on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Cubs baseball coming your way. 1245 for the pregame. 120 first pitch. Pat and Ron will have it for you coming up. Uh, Diamondbacks and Cubs will have that and all the games for you here on your home in Des Moines for the Chicago Cubs. ESPN Des Moines. So I saw this before I went to bed last night, and it is the single coolest story in golf. And it has nothing to do with the PGA Championship. So if you're one of those people that decides to duck or mute or run away when you hear the uh the, the 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 golf event that you may want to watch on TV when I start talking about it. I'm not talking at all about the PGA championship here. I am talking about the Corn Ferry Tour stop in Kansas City. Now, the Corn Ferry Tour, it's spelled like the band Corn, K-O-R-N. The Corn Ferry Tour is a de- developmental golf league. It's where you try to go to break on top 25 at the end of the year. They become golfers on the PGA Tour. They get to their PGA Tour card. So these guys are fighting and clawing to make their way onto the tour. A dude named James Nicholas, maybe the greatest golf story ever, one of the great golf stories ever, at least of the year. So he's trying to get on the Corn Ferry Tour, which plays down in Kansas City. And that's where their stop is right now. They're in round two down there. And a week ago, he was the 18th alternate, 18th alternate to get on the developmental tour stop in Kansas City. Two days ago, he was the first alternate and then got the call on Wednesday night. So he flies from New York to Kansas City yesterday morning. All right. His flight gets delayed because what flight doesn't get delayed these days? His flight leaves from New York to Kansas City, gets delayed. He leaves his golf bag at the Kansas City airport because he has to tee off at like 9.15 yesterday morning. The flight's delayed. He doesn't have time to wait for his bag. He jumps in a car, and between the airport in Kansas City and the golf course in Kansas City, his agent or his team or whatever, they secured a bag from the Club Pro. (laughs) They secured shoes From the gift shop, the the pro shop, they secured a glove as well so he could get out of the car and get onto the tee box. Listen to what This is him getting out of the car and head. Like, I get off the car, out of the car, right? I'm always late. I get out of the car, and I go to the tee box, and you probably do this. You stretch. Takes you three holes to actually get loose. This dude's a potential pro doing the same thing, probably drinking a little less beer than me. And here's how it sounded as he was entering uh, the the T-Box trying to get onto this developmental corn ferry tour. Uh, hey James. Hey. You got,
2: your, you got a bag? Thanks. The, uh, you got actually gloves? Come on. So you have your... I
1: got nothing. I came right from the airport because so I couldn't wait for my gloves.
2: You got your bag. You got your shoes.
0: <laughs> you need a glove? You need a glove? <laughs> you got one. All right, what time? Uh, meeting large. large. Got you. So... Uh, is this my group meeting? Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, cool. Thank you. I love it. The, listen, however, you can get on that tour, if there is a way for you to get, think about Maryland, Baltimore County a couple of years ago. They're never going to win a national championship, but they can hang their hat on the fact that they beat Virginia, all right, as a 16 seed. This guy, James Nicholas, I don't know if he's a real good golfer, but he's good enough to be a first alternate to play. On the Corn Ferry Tour, the developmental tour stop in Kansas City. He's good enough to get there. Now, he shot six over and was fifty-eighth after the first day. And he is projected to miss the cut. I think he's two over for the day today at 109th or 119th or something along those lines. And I'm not gonna be a James Nicholas fan outside of the fact that I love this story. And I think it is an inspiration. It is an inspiration to everyone. Kira, write this down. You're young. You're not, you're not like me. You're not old and broken. Whatever your goal is, you do it. You grind. You try to get there. And even though he's not going to make the cut, and he's probably not going to be you know, in next week's event or whatever, you keep playing those qualifying events. You do whatever you can possibly do, whatever your chosen career is. Like, I chose radio a long, long time ago. Got lucky along the way, grinded along the way. But whatever you want to do in this world, James Nicholas should be your inspiration. Because of exactly, he is not going to stop. And they said, here's, you have a very small window to get there. Fine. Hey, we have a delayed flight. Fine. "Uh, We have to actually leave your bag. Fine. Can you get me a bag? Sure. Can you get me shoes? Yes. Can you get me a glove? Yes. And he is trying, like, that's awesome. He'll fly back to New York, do whatever he does in New York. I'm sure he's going to play more golf and try to get on. The tour again. But that guy's an inspiration to anybody who wants to try to make it. I absolutely love that story.
1: How, how did he do?
0: He finished, uh, well, he's not going to make the cut. He was 58th oh. yesterday, two over today. He's about 119th, something like that. Yeah, the board is updating. It always refreshes, so I lose my spot. Because <laughs> it always refreshes and then goes back to the top, and you have to get below the cut line to find him. So he's not going to make the cut. But still, like, he's going to keep on grinding. A lot of people don't make the cut. I love it. All right, people have been waiting, clamoring, clamoring. I'm going to make them wait another minute, okay? Oh, Okay, right. that's fine, that's fine. All right, you, the hockey minute is coming. <laughs> if you have been paying attention to the Stanley Cup playoffs, you you, you probably haven't been. But there, if you haven't, then Kira is here for you, all right? Kira will have it. I saw this story. You know, you talk about a lame duck coach, guy or a lame duck whoever, lame duck president. We always hear that term when someone is... Ending their term as the president of the United States that last couple of months. Well, Greg Olson, I think, is a lame duck broadcaster. All right. Greg Olson, who is probably going to be part of the number one team now that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are gone. He and Kevin Burkhardt are probably Fox's number one pairing. I don't know if I like him or not. And if you follow my friend Ty Dunn on Twitter, he writes for Go GoLongTD.com. They sound exactly the same. So I'm not sure if Greg Olson is Tyler Dunn, but I can promise you this. There will be a very weird feeling when Greg Olson calls the Super Bowl this year. He has been promoted to the team with Burkhart as Fox will have the Super Bowl in February in Glendale, Arizona. Because don't forget, whenever Tom Brady's career ends, which should be, but we've been saying this for a while, which should be, and in all likelihood, is this year. He goes right into the booth with Burkhart. so this is a great testing run for Greg Olson to get the number one gig. He's never going to have more eyes on him. He'll get the Fox game of the week. He'll get the you know the the, the Packers Buccaneers, the Chiefs, uh, Rams game, or whatever. I don't remember the little schedule memorized, but he's going to be on the call for the big one. And if you're Greg Olson, and you get a taste of being the number one guy, I imagine if you're a broadcaster. At this point, having the fourth game on the rung versus the first game doesn't matter all that much, but I could be wrong about that. So he calls the games. He gets all the biggest games this year. He gets the Super Bowl. How ironic would it be if the Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl? And Greg Olson is calling the game featuring his replacement in Tom Brady because as soon as Brady's done, and he's going to be 45, that was the number he wanted to hit. As soon as Brady's done, he jumps right into the broadcast booth, right? So when that happens, Greg Olson's out. I don't know if this means Greg Olson will then become the number two guy. I don't know if Greg Olson becomes a free agent. I have no idea. But, man, that's got to mess with your psyche. But now he knows. He's got basically a prove-it deal, right? He's got kind of like, you know, your, your, your free agents to be. They're on a prove-it deal. You sign them to a one-year contract. If they can hit some incentives whatever, Greg Olson basically is going to be rolling on an incentive, uh, incentive laden prove it deal in the broadcast booth with Fox. I kind of feel bad for Greg Olson, right? And especially the irony would be there if Brady is in the Super Bowl and Olson is calling the Super Bowl and just going to be like, "Well, here's the keys. You drive this bad boy home. We'll see you later." And don't be shocked if Brady's in the Super Bowl. It's 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 Hollywood. It's perfect. He's retiring. He's forty five. I don't want to see Brady in the Super Bowl, but maybe you do. All right. Kira. She has music. Yes. Hockey Minute, go.
1: All right. So the Blues, (laughs) uh, they're the only team that Iowa cares about right now. In the playoffs, they're in round two.
0: Does Iowa care about the St. Louis Blues? A little. Okay. Well, uh, Des Moines. Well, you're here, so. Yeah. All right, cool.
1: Uh, they are tied right now with the Colorado Avalanche. It's one to one, but they're playing at home tomorrow and Monday.
0: They stole one in Denver, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. They sure okay, did. I know Colorado's great. That's all I know.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Blues, I looked it up. They're pretty balanced home and away, but okay. I think they do a little better at home.
0: All right. Most teams do. Most teams do. Most teams do.
1: Colorado right. is not great at away games, so. Okay. We'll see how this goes, but.
0: That's the only series in the hockey minute. That's it. Yep. There's nothing else. Going on. <laughs> the, the whole world was talking about a hockey game earlier this week. Uh, the battle of Alberta is that Calgary and Edmonton. Is that? Are they playing? Are they still alive? Is that series still going on? I think. Yes. It was like five, one. And then it was five, five. And I think the game ended like nine, six or something along those lines. I saw it all over. I didn't watch any of it. I just saw it on my Twitter feed. It's amazing what happens, how many people. Like, I'm a football, baseball, basketball guy. That's me, all right? I used to be a bigger NASCAR fan than I am now. I'm, I'm, I'm just not. I don't care for soccer. But it's amazing how you see your friends on social media and what they tweet about. Like, if you are ever up on a Sunday morning, there are so many people tweeting about F1 racing. And I have yeah. no idea why.
1: Because it's racing season,
0: uh, but it's F one racing. Like who in America gives a rip about F one racing?
1: People who are waiting for
0: football. That's uh, probably right. Like I see a lot of people tweet about soccer. I'm like, oh, man. And hockey was the thing this week because of that one, that one crazy ass game. All right, we are out of here. Cubs baseball is coming up next. Zach Zaidman has the play by play as the pregame for you. Pat and Ron will have the play by play for you. We'll do it again coming up next week. Have a great weekend. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. My name is Mike Wickett. This has been Wicket's World. Thanks for checking it out. Have a great weekend. Here's 311. All right. Down. Cool. Hoyt Sherman, September 6th.